The Marlins drop the final game of the series. The Marlins end up losing the series at home to the Houston Astros. And boy, oh boy, it was uh, some runs in bunches for the Astros. The question we need to ask ourselves during this episode and maybe for the next few days is, what is going on with Jesus Lozado? This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host. Peter Pratt, hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Hit subscribe wherever you get your pods. This is your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. And guys, there is a YouTube channel. You may have heard me speaking about it yesterday on Twitter. And thanks, we had a a follower, a subscriber rush yesterday. So I absolutely love Marlins Twitter. When we we get behind things, we make things happen. And we're almost at 1,000 subscribers now for Lockdown Marlins, which is huge. And it means when I reach that moment, when this show reaches that moment, I can quit my job. I'm over. I'm handed in my resignation immediately. 25 subscribers to go. Let's hope by the time you're listening to the next episode, after this one, we are at that threshold. Um, delighted to welcome back into the show uh, Loud Marlins fan as well. However, before we do that, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel. And uh, it is, uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, Chase, welcome back to the show, brother. Thursday's episode. How are we doing? Chase, are you there? That's a hell of a way to start a show, Pete. We're there back. We, there we go. <laughs> He's back, baby. Look at you working the technology on the fly. Um, one computer <laughs> shuts down. The other one goes up. We're live. This May is we- the Locked On Marlins podcast. We need 24 more subscribers, and I just broke my computer putting all these fake bots in. Oops. <laughs> we are true pros, and this is cutting-edge podcasting, YouTubing, however you want to phrase it, mate. But um, appreciate you hopping on again, mate. It was. Let's just start with this uh, Houston Astros series, mate. It was a series defeat, one and two. Uh, in advance of the series, I think we would have taken that. I felt like Marlins Twitter was comfortable with a one and two result. Clearly, you hope for more, but your kind of overall assessment of this series from the Marlins. Overall assessment is we shot ourselves in the foot. Those were, it could have been a sweep, if not two out of three. Mm. Uh, kind of, you know, unforced errors cost us game two. Uh, yeah. Game three, bad pitching, which we'll get into, cost us the start. But mm. the team rallied back until the bullpen really blew it up. And I think it was the eighth inning or late seventh, or yet yeah, the eighth, where they really blew it open, if not the seventh. But the Marlins, you know, they fight at every chance they get. And it's just uh, get one out of three versus the champs. You smile about it. A 3 3 home stand. Uh, you win five of the last nine games and you go five for five in the last 10 500 baseball could get you in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Great to call out that. Yeah, it was a three and three homestand against the Yankees and the Astros like in, in August, you know, 
it's not the end of the world. And there was some shenanigans in that first series as well with the uh, the Yankees too. So we have to call that out. But yeah, kind of going back to, to last night's game, mate, and really a theme that's it's been on my mind for some time. And again, it showed out last night. But Jesus Lozado, it has been a real rough stretch for him. I mean, you look at just the month of August specifically, um, throwing just over 12 innings of work. He's given up 16 earned runs, including eight home runs. That's just in the last three games. The teams he's faced, all AL, by the way, Houston Astros, New York Yankees, and the Texas Rangers. All of those offenses, I have to say, very, very dangerous against left-handed pitching. So there's not been any cupcakes in there, but, you know, with Lozado, those numbers are unsustainable. If we go a start before that as well, you include that in there, that's 20 earned runs in his last four starts. That one was against the Detroit Tigers. Um, It's been a real rough stretch for Lozado. He was asked post-game, What's happening? Is it fatigue? Is the inning starting to catch up with him? He said no. He said he still feels fine. But what's your assessment here on Jesus Lozado at this point? He could say he's feeling fine, but, mm. you know, the numbers are speaking for themselves. It's uh, His last good start was 723 versus Colorado, where he went mm. seven good innings. Uh, he got the win in that one, 3-2, um, in ten, or the Marlins got the win in that one. They were able to win the Detroit game, but the last three starts where he's been bad, man, oh, man. out of that fifth inning, uh, they just he's he's not giving us a chance to win. Um, our rebuilt offense again has come back, but man, uh, it has to be the 133 innings. He's never pitched this much, even in his hundred innings of last season. Uh, it was split between a t- uh, eight to 12, 12 week uh, break in there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it has to be fatigue, but we need him. So do we bring someone else up to plug and play for one start, giving him an extra rest? I think that is a must need at this point. It's going to be really interesting to see you know, how the Marlins play it because next start will be on the road. We're going to talk about that at the back end of this episode, but they're heading out west. It's always tricky. They're heading to face the Dodgers and the Padres, both uh, the Dodgers in particular. Their offense has just come alive recently. Um, the Padres is always dangerous as well. So, you know, his next start will be on the road in San Diego. So it will be it will be a tough ask for him there if he does make that start. If you were, if you were Kim Ang, if you were Skip Schumacher at this point, would you look to... Skip one of those, well, the next start in San Diego for Lozado? Yeah, I'm skipping San Diego. His next start will be against Washington Nationals, who he pitched well against uh, before, uh, right before the break. Uh, early July, I believe we were there, late June, he pitched well. Mm. Uh, father, I remember being interviewed at that game, was able to be there. That was after the Seattle trip, you know, right from West Coast back to East. Pitched well against the Nationals. You know, the Nationals probably the easiest opponent on the schedule this month. Not that they're not playing well, give them credit mm-hmm. for what they do. But you gotta skip San Diego. You don't want it to become Slam Diego with that off. Yeah, that's that's kind of the worry here, I guess, is uh, you know, you have another wonky start. But yeah, maybe they do push him back. Because the, the thing is, and this is the general theme, is like the Marlins have had to this year manage Yuri Perez specifically and baby him through this situation, but the reality is both Jesus Lozado and Braxton Garrett equally need some management and some, you know, 
there's there's going to be some fatigue. And so maybe this is the landing spot here with Lazardo, just to give him at least just one start, just kind of push him back a touch, just try to let him regroup. I know he's not going deep in the game, so his pitch counts haven't been overly high, I would guess. But sometimes maybe it's a bit of a mental break too. Like maybe this starts to get a touch mental where the yips, not the yips, but like the, the, the previous start, I mean, yesterday was location. There was just, he was leaving balls like middle, middle, and they got punished by some some great hitters in, you know, in the Astros lineup. The start before, though, he basically just had no slider. I remember him saying, like, he just, my slider wasn't there. So something's kind of off mechanically. I wonder if it's off just mentally and the two kind of blend together. But the Marlins have shown the desire to manage younger pitchers and manage their innings. They haven't shown any of that this year with Jesus Lozado. He's just been asked to just keep going and going and going, which to me is a little bit confusing. What about you? The expectation is he's grown, right? He's in his, what, fifth year now, f- fourth year. He's been a starter for yeah. three with the Marlins. Uh, twenty. I mean, the trade happened in 21. He got 20, I guess, 22 his first full year with us. But the, mm-hmm. that year uh, he was with the A's he started out with. Maybe he's just not good versus the American League. So something to look <laughs> at make the World Series. Um, That's true. Right? Something to watch, right? Uh, and you just hope, again, I hope they rest him. I think he needs it. And every player needs it. Look at Lorenzen uh, with the Phillies. He just threw that perf- that not perfect game, but that no-hitter. He just missed a start because his arm's tired. So mm-hmm. it, it's needed for all the greats. It happened to Sandy earlier this year. Mm-hmm. That was the one guy in this rotation that hasn't missed any time. Yes. And they've relied on him. Now it's time to, you know, you got Yuri back. You got uh, you, you got Cueto going. Finally, you have Brax mm-hmm. doing well and Sandy doing well. You know, give give, give Lazardo a time a day off. Let let him enjoy the road trip with the team. Calm down a little bit, and hopefully that rest helps. But we'll see how they manage it. Yes, great shout, mate. I I, I could certainly see that happening at this point. Uh, I wonder how this could link into Edward Cabrera equally. I want to talk about Jorge Lopez. Uh, you talk about the bullpen exploding yesterday. Um, Jorge Lopez was a big part of that. Um, he has had a bit of a rough start. We've we've spoken about a lot of the good moves that Kimang made offensively for certain. Um, I would say that some of the bullpen additions have been a little bit up and down, and in, in Lopez's um, case, a little bit more down than up. So we're going to talk about that after the first ad, but uh, it's time to let you know about our good friends over at Nutrafol. Yes, sir. And it's a new sponsor for Lockdown, so that's always exciting. Um, so with our new sponsors, the first thing to say, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Um, so Nutrafol is the number one derma dermatologist dermatologist recommended that's the way to say it dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement there's a lot of long words in this uh, <laughs> ad, no doubt clinic is shown to to improve your hair growth visible thickness and visible scalp coverage yes sir so take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time nutrafol is offering our listeners 10 dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping 
when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on MLB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter that promo code locked on MLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code locked on MLB. Just in case you didn't get that one. Hopefully you did. All right, you are here on the Thursday episode, joining myself, Peter Pratt, and the Loud Marlins fan. Uh, we have got into Jesus Cesado. The consensus is maybe it's time to give him a rest, maybe resting on this West Coast trip, let him come back for the next homestand. Chase, talk to me about Jorge Lopez. Uh, you, you, you mentioned the bullpen exploded yesterday. After the Marlins had fought all the way back, pretty much, they were in touch and distance after a really rough first inning. Um Hoy Lopez was handed the ball in what was a pretty high leverage situation at this point. Um, it got away from him. You could see the frustration, but I don't think it's been the, the first time we've seen that level of frustration from Jorge Lopez or this level of production. I must say I've been a, a touch uninspired with this guy. Former closer, had an amazing run with the Baltimore Orioles, but since then... It's definitely fell away at the Twins and has not started well in in Miami as well. So what have you made of him uh, specifically? I think that Houston beat him up in both games that he was in against them. I don't always understand the thought process of the management, whether it be Skip or the analytics team, who says that after what you saw on the 14th, Lopez pitched or only got two outs, he gave up a hit and uh, an earned run, I'm, I'm going to assume that was a home run, um, that that game, or something close to it, um, to put him back out there two days later against the same lineup um, when Andrew Nardi wasn't doing too bad. So, And he only got two outs. So I don't really understand the mentality behind it. Maybe the media could ask tougher questions about that in one of these starts um or if that happens again not with him but with anyone but look he was decent for us against the new york yankees he pitched two solid innings without an earned run or a hit so he hasn't been totally awful uh with us and then if you look these are just last five games but if you look at cincinnati he also gave up a a a run that game as well Mm. Uh, so i guess three bad one two good so far in the last five uh, Dylan Floro wasn't doing much better for us, so maybe down the line, uh, this will come off as a good move. Um, like you, it hasn't been too impressive. It hasn't. The, th- the thing to call out as well with Jorge Lopez is because he had that one good year when he was um, you know, closing out games for the Orioles, uh, he's now in arbitration. The arbitration number net then jumps for him, taking that year into account. Now you kind of look going into next year. They do have the year of control, the Marlins. However, the arbitration number is likely to be in and around the kind of 4 million range. And so all of a sudden, like if the, if the production isn't there, the performance isn't there, then I can't see the Marlins looking to pay $4 million to a, you know, a sixth, seventh inning dude that they don't really trust in high leverage spots. I know they used him in a spot yesterday, but that's off the back of Lazardo getting blown up. Hoeing coming in, doing a really good job, by the way, Brian Hoeing. Um, Nardi coming in, then taken out, and then it's over to Jorge Lopez. Like you said, the bullpen management yesterday was a touch confusing. I would say with bullpen management just in general, you never quite know 
the story, the situation of what's actually happening at that moment in time in that game, you know, in those game situations. So there's a lot of unknowns that us as the fans have, but yeah, I, it wouldn't shock me if Jorge Lopez at this point is 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 not with the Marlins next year if this performance doesn't pick up because, you know, four million's definitely too high for a dude that you can't trust, in my opinion. And for me, the Marlins right they've they've been scratching around for a, a dependable right-handed reliever, power reliever, someone that they trust in the seventh inning or the eighth. They move Floro, they get Lopez, they get the ear of control. It doesn't look like it's working out. At this point, I do wonder what the future holds for Edward Cabrera. I wonder whether it's linked to Jesus Lozado. I also wonder if it's linked to Jorge Lopez and whether the Marlins just say, listen, enough's enough. We need Eddie up and he needs to fill a role. And that role could be in the bullpen coming out of the pen. Um, he is starting at AAA. He's made two starts. The last one was really impressive. He's going again, I think, in the next day or two. I believe Georgie Alfaro is going to be catching him as well. So, you know, a bit of a throwback there. So, Where's your head at with Edward Cabrera, mate? Because the Marlins need all the pitching they can get. Cabrera's down there at AAA, you know, striking guys out for fun, looking the swaggers back at AAA. But I think the Marlins need him up back at the big league level sooner rather than later. What about you? The tale of two Eddies. The guy Absolutely. up here can be good when he trusts his stuff. The rest of the time, it's Walk City. Mm. Down to AAA, which we know he's a good AAA pitcher. He belongs in the majors. When he's on, and he has uh, an ERA of 1.5 in two starts or two wins down there. Where mm-hmm. up here, he's at 479. Again, Walk City, record five and six. Not saying that starters have to always have the best records. You saw Sandy win the Cy Young with not a, uh, a over 500 record. But uh, you look at Edward and you go, wait, is he this guy or is he that guy? And why, why up here? is he get so out of it that he loses the strike zone so frequently mm-hmm. down there. He's just mowing everybody down. So you, I, if you're sitting Lazardo, you got to bring Eddie up for that start. Uh, you don't, you, we just don't have it right now. Sandy has to pitch on the five days rest. Uh, so maybe build a six man rotation. Now that, that could give these guys some extra days, extra, uh, rest as well. Gary he, again mentioning him, he's going to need it. So maybe that's the move to uh, get us into the playoffs or to finish a uh, little bit above 500 over the season. It's a really tough one here for the Marlins, just just in general, because you've got you've got Sandy that's returned to Sandy, which is great. But what you've then got is Cueto that can't be trusted past five. Yuri Perez right now that probably isn't going to go past four more often than not. You've then got. Um, Braxton Garrett that isn't really trusted to go past five either. So pretty much four out of five starts, the Marlins are looking for either, you know, five or four innings from the bullpen day after day after day after day. And that's at the heart of the problem here. They don't have the dependable starters, you know, like Pablo last year, that you can piggyback with Sandy and you can go, great, we can just sprinkle these guys out and get our pen rested. That's at the heart of the problem here for the fish this year. And that's why the pen is, you know, was used so frequently early and, you know, it, it's showing signs of creaking mate along the way here. So I'm really intrigued to see how they, you know, how they can use Edward Cabrera if they do decide to use him uh, at this point, maybe the ship has sailed. Maybe there's, you know, maybe they've moved on mentally from Edward Cabrera, but I'd be surprised at this point. What about you? 
Look, I mean, and we were talking about Cabrera. Look at Ryan Weathers. You know, he's been doing yeah, a good point. He's, but if he comes in and gets that spot start or a long relief role, uh, if we have a bullpen mm-hmm. in San Diego, uh, it would be nice to see him mow down the other team and how they play against him. That's a storyline in itself. Not uh, true. But you also have Tommy Nance. Tommy Nance is coming back. So maybe he's that right hander that's going to be coming out of the bullpen. Uh, I think he had another rehab start and he may be ready to come up and I don't think he's been too bad or I haven't seen anything negative against him. Haven't really mentioned, but maybe that's the guy that's the reliever at this point in the year that can come up and really solidify that bullpen at least come September 1st. Yeah, maybe, maybe Uh, good shout on Tommy Nance as well. I think he's definitely nearing a return and potentially that could be on this West coast trip. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll wait to see. You know, Hoeing, I think, had some more in the tank yesterday. He was stopped before going over 30 pitches. Uh, again, which is, you know, just the whole management yesterday was all a little bit funky and a little bit off. And in some ways, the game, the way it was going, you kind of would have wanted just Hoeing just to just keep rolling. Yep. Keep rolling. And then maybe you turn to Weathers, Nance, Eddie, and bring them up for the West Coast trip and say to Brian Hoeing, listen, Take a seat for a bit. So we'll see. Um, let's get into our final ad of the day. And then I want to talk about this West Coast trip because the Marlins have the Dodgers and the Padres on deck here. But final ad of the day, and it's our good friends over at Sleeper, of course. The graphics are there if you are watching. So, you know, get over there and enjoy those graphics. But um, if you want a chance to win more money with less picks, you head over to Sleeper. It's the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Yes, it sounds enticing. Uh, Listen, if you were betting and you were picking those Astros hitters to be hitting home runs last night, then you would have been cashing in, no doubt about it. Um, You can swing for the fences with up to 100-time payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on the stack categories, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. You get your picks right, and you could win big time. Big time. So use the promo code locked on. You'll get up to a hundred bucks matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Okay, final segment here. The Loud Marlins fan is in the house, joining myself, Peter Pratt. On Thursday's episode, uh, we've talked Jesus Lazardo. It might be time to give him a rest. We've talked the pen. And we've talked Jorge Lopez specifically, a little bit patchy. Wonder how they address that both during this season and into the offseason. The Marlins are heading out west after a 3-3 three and three homestand. They are exactly tied for this wild card three spot. So every game matters here, Chase. Like, it is now do or die season. It's going to feel like the longest run in ever. But three games on the road in LA. Sandy will be going as well. And it is also the revenge match, of course, with Miguel Rojas. What is going to be the big storyline here for this series for the Marlins? Uh, Miguel Rojas goes 0 for 10. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, uh, he's been heating up, and that's great for him. We saw him hit a home run yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the storyline is the Marlins are on a tough road trip. They're going to come back at 500 or better. Uh, they have to. You have to play 500 ball right now. No matter how you get there, it doesn't matter. And you're in the tough two. You're in the West. You're not good on the road. We're, I mean, yeah, we won in Cincinnati, but we haven't really been good on the road. Um, mm. But you got your best three, and you're not facing Kershaw. Uh, you're facing yep. 
Uri- I, I know we're facing Urias. I think in the middle na- the middle game. Yep. Gonsolin in game one. Yep. Uh, but you have Sandy, you have Yuri, and you have Brax. It's the same story as last weekend versus the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, part you have your best. Well, Lazardo, but at least two of three of your best pitchers and your youngest in there who could be really good, and you got to rely on them to to do well. Um, we're not the same, you know. They have a scary lineup, and so far, you know, we did well. I mean, you we gave up a lot of runs versus the Yankees, but for the most part, you kept up with them. Uh, they had a, a crazy lineup. Um, you go back to Texas, we didn't keep up with them in two out of the three games. But Marlins have a very deep lineup in their own until you get to about the seventh spot, give or take whoever's in that spot's on or off. But the eighth and ninth, you're getting nothing from right now. Uh, a chip shot here and there from Wendell <laughs> or uh, one of the catchers. Yeah. Um, but you really just got to keep up. And, you know, you, Sandy needs to make up or wants to make up for last year in L.A. where he gave up 12 runs. Uh, mm-hmm. he next week and had a complete game last time we faced them here. So he wants to play better on the road, maybe get that out of his system against some old teammates. Uh, we'll see how he does. And he's going to, he sets the tone for the series. You win that first game. One of the other two usually comes around. Um, yeah. in Padre land, of course, Padres, we have that, uh, the Lazardo question. You have the, uh, Cueto question. And you have, I, I guess, the third starter would be Sandy again. So you get Sandy mm-hmm. twice on this road trip, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the question is, can you win with Cueto finally? And will Lizardo throw over five innings? All good questions. I, I, you're completely right. The, the road trip will, def, will be defined in many ways by game one and Sandy. And if he sets the tone, we have to be totally honest The when the Marlins have played elite competition this year, and I'm going to include the Dodgers in that, I'm going to include the Braves in that, the Orioles, the Rangers, the Astros, when they play elite competition, the Marlins normally are handily outclassed by those teams. It looks pretty obvious, the divide. And so the Dodgers are on a 10-game winning streak at this point. Earlier in the year... This is all about timing as well. This is the funny thing about baseball and timing. Earlier in the year, they looked vulnerable. All of a sudden, 10-game winning streak, things are clicking for them. This is bad timing for the Marlins. There's a bad history and a bad story with Sandy in this ballpark. So there's a lot of uh, there's you know a lot going against the Marlins here. But I think a series win against the Dodgers is there for the taking if they play well. But I still wouldn't be, I you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a one and two series. But I think if that's the case, then you have to go into San Diego and you have to take two of three against the Padres. You have to try and make this a 500 road trip, particularly with two Sandy Alcantara starts in there, in the type of form that he's been in. They'll piece it together with Yuri Perez. They're piecing it together with Brax or Cueto, sorry. But this is Sandy's road trip. And if he sets the tone and delivers, then I think the Marlins have a really good chance of a five-minute road trip, which I think is necessary. What about you? Yeah, I mean, Jazz you got Jazz has to start heating up, man. These strikeouts, you know, yeah. Yep. I know the other day he had a triple and a, and a, a double, I think, in a, the, the second game against the Astros. But he's on my fantasy team, so... <laughs> Come on, Jazz. 
I not only need him to heat up there, I've picked up Berger for the last two weeks. He's been doing it. And what? Uh, let's talk about that for one second. The surprise that Berger has been. Mm. Uh, we all know he had power, but he's not hitting for power. He's just hitting. No. And, it, and yeah. it's awesome to see because once that power clicks with the way he's seeing the ball right now, he's going to be the difference maker. Bell, he what a beautiful surprise uh, for this team. We're not the same team that the uh, – Dodgers beat up on last year in LA either. We are a deep team, of course, until you get to the eight or nine spot, which hopefully will be fixed pretty from September 1st with Xavier Edwards. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I'm with you, mate. I mean, this lineup is, you know, they can hang, they can hang offensively with clubs. They just need to, you know, they just haven't pitched well enough. And it's probably down to the fatigue. It's down to the fatigue. The pitchers are being asked to do much, much more than they've ever done before. And the bullpen's being used much more than it, would have ideally wanted to be. The offense can hang with them now, but they need to get back to the core of this club, and that is pitching and defense. And in that Astros series, we saw not enough pitching and not enough defense and not enough wins fundamentally. They gave particularly that game to, you know, that was there for the taking, no doubt. So um, interesting final point that you made there. We're li- we are literally just getting, getting out of here. But the interesting news today that you spotted Xavier Edwards and you just mentioned him, uh, he's leading off today, and he's also playing shortstop for the first time this season, which I think is very, very intriguing. I think with Xavier Edwards, the stick has been there, but he's not a center fielder. Fundamentally, with Xavier Edwards, he's a second baseman primarily, but unfortunately, you've got Luis Arias there. Not unfortunately, but you have Luis Arias fully blocking Xavier Edwards. They don't trust him in center field, and they don't trust him at shortstop. That's why he's been down at AAA while he's been absolutely tearing it up. But this signal of Xavier Edwards into shortstop, I do think that is really telling. And I think, listen, it feels like they had 58 shortstops in AAA to start the year. A few of them have definitely not had the years they were looking for. And I do wonder if all of a sudden Xavier Edwards kind of leapfrogs everyone and puts himself in a spot to maybe win the the starting shortstop job going into 2024. What about you? Yeah, I apologize. First of all, if you hear the thunder, we're going through a mad thunderstorm down here. (laughs) Can't hear anything. (laughs) That's why I'm jumping over here. If you see, oh man, the dogs have been going crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Xavier Edwards batting at the the top of the lineup. What do the Marlins need? A leadoff guy, an actual leadoff guy. Not that Solaire's done bad, but they they kind of went backwards on a rise there. Get a guy like Xavier Edwards up, Mm. up sooner than later. If he's hitting out of the top, he comes up hitting out of the top. They're used to it already. And you have him as your shortstop because that's the one position. I mean, there's two positions that you're getting nothing out of, really. But there's one position, and that's the shortstop. And Mm -hmm. shortstop, you have a guy who can play it. He grew up playing it. He came into the minors playing it. He was drafted as a shortstop. Uh, And you hope that he he does well today. So a lot of that on this day off. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listener of the day, guys. And thanks for Chase the Loud Marlins fan for hopping in on Thursday's episode, the off day. Hope everyone is rested and recovered for this West Coast trip. If you if you thought East Coast baseball was tough as a UK fan, then let me tell you, West Coast baseball is a whole different kettle of fish where you almost have to go to sleep and wake up in the morning to watch it live. So I'm not having anyone, no East Coast guys complaining about the West Coast games. Just think of me in those situations. So, you know, it's going to be... What is it, a five-hour difference between East and East and you now? Yeah, and five. 
you get the extra three. So it's an eight hour difference. That, that's insane, man. That's that is. There's too many three or four a.m. starts in that one, so that's that's not sustainable for sure. But nevertheless, guys, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, unfortunately, the Marlins couldn't win the series. I think it was you know, even that game, game three, was there for the taking. Verlander was definitely not on his best. The Marlins' offense did its best to try to erase that early deficit, but unfortunately, the bullpen couldn't hang on. Interested to see the roster moves and construction over the, this maybe this West Coast trip. We'll wait to see. Interested to see Xavier Edwards as well in terms of how he progresses at the shortstop position and whether the Marlins look to use him in that type of role as we head into September. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, guys, because, of course, it's a daily pod. And, of course, tomorrow is another day. And we'll see you on Friday. See you, guys. Let's go. Let's go.